morning, church. We're gonna have to start, if we're gonna be doing worship like that, I'm gonna have to start jumping on the treadmill a couple days a week. All right. Yeah, we're just a small church in New Waterford, Ohio, but uh, I believe that we're no signif- less significant to God than Moses was, and uh, he split the sea for him. And so when we pray for our country and we pray for big things. Um, even yeah. though we're just in the village of New Waterford, we believe that God hears our prayers yeah. and, and he answers our prayers. So um, we, we pray for our country and, and the place that we're at. And we just pray for the healing for our country and the spiritual healing for our country. Let's pray before we get started here. Lord, we're so thankful just to be in your presence, God. Just the fact that we get to come here together as a family and we get to um, feel you, Lord. Um, that, that we can feel your presence is, is a tangible thing in, in this room today, Lord. And God, we know that your presence is healing and your present presence is redemption, Lord. And so we invite all of those things into this place today, Lord. And we invite your spirit to work on our hearts, God. We surrender this time to you, Lord. I surrender my voice to you, God. Lord, just uh, have your way in this place today, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So I, my message title today is Living in Abundance. And um, all of my message today is uh, rooted in John chapter 10. I'm just going to read real quick, starting in verse 7. It says, Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever come before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Most of you guys know that I, uh, in my full-time job, I'm in business development for a manufacturing company up in Austin town. And uh, if you're paying attention, you also probably know that COVID-19 has not been friendly to manufacturers. So uh, we have experienced the blow of COVID. Um, a year ago, I was filming this WKBN ad for this Jobs Now ad because we were doing so much hiring. Um, we literally couldn't keep up with the hiring. And now we are about half staffed and we're slow, just like everybody else is slow. And about a month ago, I was driving home from work and um, all of this stuff is very real to me. I mean, I experienced the, um, I can see what's happening and I can see what's happening to the economy and, and things that would potentially affect my life. And I just found myself in the car as I'm, as I'm praying about this stuff. Uh, I found myself just thanking God for the moments of my life where he draws me back to the reality that all of my hope is in Jesus. Sometimes when things are going like really, really well for me, it's easy for me, I don't know about you, but it's easy for me to um, fall into this mindset of this idea that I have something to do with this. And I'm not saying my effort is pointless, but I'm saying that, that my success is not anything but God's goodness overflowing on me. And I recognize that, and, and, I, and I was thankful, and I am thankful for the times in my life where, um, where I have to look, reflect on the fact that all of my hope is in Jesus. That my job, I have a, I have a good job. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, we're just middle class. I'm not rich, but my, I have worked for an amazing boss, a Christian man um, who loves Jesus and, and runs his company as a Christian man. And I have a wife that is more than I could ever ask for. And I have family that is better than I could ever expect. 
and I have uh, a church family and these young teenagers that I love with everything in me. And, and everything that I have is out of the overflowing of God's goodness in my life. I mean, we sing that song, God's goodness is running after me. It literally is running after me. Like, I, I, all that I have and all that I am is out of the goodness of God. None of it I can stand and say that I deserve at all. And so in these, in these weird seasons, I come back to the, the fact that we have a good shepherd. And, 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 and his voice is good. And his voice intends to lead us to good. You have to remember the sheep, their entire livelihood is lived through the voice of the shepherd. They know how, where to go to eat because of the voice of the shepherd. They know where to go to get water because of the voice of the shepherd. They know how to find protection because of the voice of the shepherd. And we have a good shepherd that intends for goodness for us. I think that we have to really, really focus on this, um, on this because I promise you won't be able to um, see, see clearly the rest of my message unless you see it through the lens of the fact that God is the good shepherd and that he desires goodness for you. And it's not that he desires goodness for you in seasons. He desires goodness for you every season. He desires goodness for you in every day of your life. His, his, he desires his goodness to be over you. And so we have to keep in focus on that as we go through the... Can you hear me? All right, we're back in business. Mark was shutting me down up there. He said, this isn't good. We're going to cut this one out. <laughs> we have to keep in, in focus on God, the fact that God desires goodness for us. Every day of our life, he desires goodness for us. Always, he desires goodness for us. So in verse 11 of, of this uh, chapter, chapter uh, John chapter 10, verse 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. He desires good for his sheep. He desires to lead his sheep into his goodness. Back in verse 10, it says, Jesus says that false prophets, that's what he's talking about when he uh, mentions the thieves, he's talking about false prophets. False prophets, they come to steal, to kill, and destroy, but I've come to give life and give it abundantly. Sometimes I think that we assume that false prophets is always pointing to a specific person. I think sometimes a false prophet might just be an ideology or um, um, something that our culture has fed into us, something that we have been led to believe is true all of our lives. And so that false prophet is just an ideology that we live under, that we build our foundation on, um, that is not Jesus and is not leading to his goodness. But, he, but Jesus says that he comes to give life and to give it in abundance. And I think that when we accept Jesus as our Savior and we say, yes, Jesus, I believe in you and I accept you as my, my Lord and Savior, that, that the Lord fills us with a life-giving spirit, fills us to the top. But I also believe that God doesn't just want life for us, but he wants us to have life in abundance. He wants us to literally overflow with his goodness. He wants the people that are around us to experience his goodness because we are so overflowed with his goodness. He wants us to literally live lives in overflow. So we have to ask the question, how do we live our lives in overflow? How do we not just accept the first part of that verse where Jesus says, I've come to give life, but we live in the second part of the verse that says, I've come to give life in abundance. 
what does life in abundance look like? Let's go back to um, the fact that sometimes false prophets are not uh, necessarily people. Sometimes they're ideologies. And let me just talk about one of the ideologies that I think is a false prophet that is extremely powerful in our culture and extremely damaging to our destiny. And that's this, this phrase, that money is power. Because only Jesus is power. And money is just a thing that we made up to give us the illusion of power. So I'm going to talk about money for a second. This, this is like the Christian version of Halloween where the pastor gets on stage and talks about money. And everybody gets really scared. They're like, oh man. We have a really awesome church here. We don't even pass around an offering plate. We just have a box in the back and we are blessed because we have a body that gives. And I think that's awesome. But if you ask these teenagers, I talk, about, I talk about tithing and I talk about money to them because I, want, I desire God's goodness for them. And I promise you, what I have to tell you, I'm not, I'm not, when I talk about money, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that if you, write, if you put $20 in the, in the offering thing out there, you're going to go home and there's going to be a check for a million dollars in your mailbox. I could tell you that and you'd probably feel more inclined to give. So if I was just after your money, I promise you I'd tell you that. And then you'd go put $20 and then go home to an empty mailbox and be like, what's going on? If, if, if money is the reward, if you're, if you're giving in order to receive the reward of money, you're missing the point. The point is that you give in order to receive the reward of Jesus. Not that he costs money, but, his, but Jesus doesn't desire our tithe because uh, he needs our money to move his kingdom forward. He desires our tithe because he needs our heart to move his kingdom forward. And, and, and Jesus ran a... a mega church service with 15,000 people on a budget of five loaves of bread and two fish and not a penny more and he doesn't need our money and 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 his body his church doesn't need money we could if if we stopped receiving money and we went and had church in a cornfield in the middle of the rain his presence would be just as 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 there as it is here today he would hear us just as much he would love us just as much his kingdom doesn't need money in order to move forward. So why do, we, why do we tithe? Why do we give? We tithe because God desires our hearts. He desires all of us. And if God's desire for us is goodness, and not just goodness sometimes, but goodness all the times, he, want, he has to have full reign over your heart. If, if God has reign of your heart, and then on the other side, the, holding the other reign is your bank account, you're going to end up in a wreck. God wants all of your heart. He desires all of your heart. And he desires to set you free from the bondage of the almighty dollar. And he does it through your generosity. And if it hurts your feelings for me to talk about money, you could call Pastor Jeff anytime this week and just let him have it. Just let him have it. Don't, don't call me because I don't care. But I tell you this because, because I want you to be blessed. And I believe that God blesses everything that you give him access to. Everything that, he gives him, give you, that you give him access to. Now, God's blessings are not always in worldly prosperity. Sometimes we, um, we look for uh, 
we look to receive worldly prosperity because it, as a blessing from God. And sometimes what God wants, well, all the time what God wants is, is heavenly prosperity. So he desires for you to have kingdom prosperity and not necessarily world pros- prosperity. And that doesn't mean money's bad. It just means that your focus has to be on the right thing. We, we, we believe that... Um, we desire money because we believe that money can buy us things and we believe that things will give us joy. But, but Jesus says, let's cut out the middleman because I am joy. And you can have all you want. You can have all you want of me. We give in order to be set free. In, uh, in the story of the prodigal son, one son, the youngest son, he goes to the father and he says, I'm not waiting for you to bite the dust. I want my money now and I'm out of here. And the father says, okay, here's your money. And the son goes and he spends all of his money on wild living. And after he runs out of money, famine hits the land and he finds himself in, um, in, this, in this poor position where he's, is, he has nothing. And he's feeding the pigs, working for this farmer and he, would, he desires to eat the slop of the pigs. And he, and he comes to himself and he realizes that even his father's servants are, are better taken care of than he's living now. And so he, uh, he says to himself that I'm going to go back and I'm going to tell my father that I just want to be a servant. I know I'm not worthy to be a son anymore, but I just want to be a servant if you would just take me as a servant. And so he goes back to his father, and his father sees him from a distance, and he runs out, and he kisses him on the face. And he puts a ring on his finger and a robe around him, and he kills the fattened calf, and he thro- starts to throw a party. And the older brother comes in and sees what's happening, and he goes to the father, and he's upset. And he says to the father, you've never blessed me like this. You haven't given me anything. And it's really important that you see what the father says to him. He says, son, you're my child, and everything that I have is yours. He doesn't say, I've built this wealth, and everything that you have is mine, so I'll make the decisions here. He says, I am your father, and everything I have is yours. And sometimes we find ourselves looking at other people and saying, well, look at them being blessed. Why have I not been blessed like that? What am I doing wrong? And Jesus is saying, what do you need? Because I'm joy, and I'll give you all you want. I am peace, and I'll give you all you want. I'm healing, and I'll give you all you want. Jesus says, I am everything good, and I will give you everything that you want. I am your Father, and everything that I have is yours. In Matthew chapter 19, Jesus uh, is approached by a young, rich ruler. And we don't know much about this man other than he's young, rich, and he's a ruler. And he... uh, he approaches Jesus and he says, how do I find eternal life? How do I earn eternal life? And Jesus says to him, you know the rules. You know the laws. Follow the laws. And he says, no, I follow the laws. I follow the laws every day of my life. But there's something missing here. There's something missing. And I feel like Jesus is saying, oh, 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 you're, you're not talking about life. You're talking about abundant life. You don't want just life. You want life in abundance. Let me tell you how to give light, get life in abundance. Go and take all of your money and give it to the poor. And then come and follow me. And it's not because money's bad. 
Jesus isn't saying money's bad. He's saying to him, when you remove the barrier that stands between you and me, when you take the reins off of your riches and you give me that reign, then I'll lead you to abundant life. When we realize that money will not bring us joy, that only Jesus can do that, then we'll have abundant life. When we realize that the president can't bring us peace, only Jesus can do that, then we'll have abundant life. When you realize that that job title isn't going to give you satisfaction, only Jesus can do that, then you'll have abundant life. When you realize that that boyfriend or that girlfriend doesn't give you value, that only Jesus can do that, then you'll have abundant life. When all of our hope is in Jesus, then we'll have abundant life. And so we're not afraid to talk about money in here because we desire abundant life for you. We're not afraid to talk about tithing or encourage tithing, not because we desire your money, but because we desire you to be free from money. We desire for you to live in abundance. Live in the abundance of God's goodness. Live in the abundance of his joy. When you're set free from those things, then you will start to act differently and you'll start to live with kingdom intentions and not worldly intentions. And your life will start to be, grow a little bit more like Jesus's. And you'll start to live out of abundance. Real quick here. I'm just going to read um, Ephesians chapter 3. Um, um, just verses 14 through 21. This is Paul writing. And Paul, this is what it says starting in verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what love is the width and the height and the depth, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church by Jesus Christ to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Paul Ephesians is considered one of the prison epistles, which means that Paul wrote this while he was on house arrest in Rome. And what does Paul have to say while he's in house arrest after he's been beaten, after he's been whipped, after he's been spit on and ridiculed for the gospel? What does he have to say? To him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. Paul was able to say that because everything that he could desire was fulfilled in Jesus. And his joy wasn't rooted in his situation. His joy wasn't rooted in his wealth. His joy wasn't rooted in the world. His joy was rooted only in Jesus. All of Paul's hope was in Jesus. So when he's sitting in prison at home and he's writing a letter to the church that he would much rather be going to, but he can't because he, because of the situations he, he's in, he prays to God and he calls him the one who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to his power that works in us. 
In Philippians 4.13, Paul says that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We like that verse. That's a pretty verse. We get it tattooed on our body and stuff like that. And, and we put it on our Facebook. And, um, and we, and, but we miss the beginning of that verse where Paul says, I have found how to, found, find, I've found how to be satisfied in every situation. Paul's found how to have life abundantly, find, and he finds life abundantly by giving and, by, and by, by rooting every bit of his joy and every bit of who he is, every bit of his value, every bit of his peace, all in Jesus. I don't want this, I don't want this message to, to just leave here and be about money because it's not actually at all about money. It's all about Jesus. Because there's much more to this than just money. That's just the big one. That's why God calls it uh, the root of all evil. He desires for, your, for you to live in his goodness. He desires for you to overflow with the fruits of the Spirit. He desires you to be so full of the Spirit that you literally overflow into others' lives the fruits of who He is. So, I desire your goodness. We desire your goodness. We desire for you to be blessed to the fullest. But we understand that those blessings aren't always in worldly prosperity. And whether I have a job tomorrow or don't have a job tomorrow, whether I have my house tomorrow or don't have my house tomorrow, whether I have anything tomorrow or don't have anything tomorrow, all of my hope is rooted in Jesus. Yeah. Let's pray. And then the, I think they're, they're going to have communion people come up front, whoever's doing communion. Lord, we thank you that you desire only goodness for us, Lord. Every day of our lives, you desire only goodness for us, Lord. We're thankful that we serve a God that knows the plans he has for us and their plans to prosper us and not to harm us, to give us a future and a hope. We're thankful that we have a God that is, that is like that, Lord. We're thankful that your, your, your kingdom prosperity is so much better than the worldly prosperity we sometimes chase after, Lord. We're thankful that our value and our peace and our joy and our satisfaction is only in you, Jesus, the one who never fails us, the one who never lets us down. So, Lord, we live out of a heart of thankfulness and we live out of a heart of generosity, God, because you are generous. Lord, let all our lives overflow with your goodness. Let the people around us experience and feel your goodness through us, Lord. And let us just be a reflection of you. Let this body be a reflection of you, Lord. Set us free from the things that, uh, that tame and reign us, Lord. Let us only be reigned by you, God. Let us only hear the, the voice of the good shepherd. Lord, we love you. Bless us as we go. Bless our country, Lord. Thank you for hearing our prayers, God. We love you in Jesus' name.